Yeah, man. I even, I listened to, um, I forget, maybe it was on a Joe Rogan. It was, uh, Cam Haynes was like, he doesn't even work out during hunting season. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what he said. He's like, uh, it's like, I don't work out much. Cause like, it's like you train all year for this, for this, like, you know, two month stretch and then you don't work out at all. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like, yeah, I mean, I cast aside pretty much everything, but hunting during hunting season. Like if you get two to three hours in a block of time, you're like, well, how can I sneak into the woods? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah, um, so you've been working on the cabin for how long have you been working on that thing for? It was two years. Uh, I owned it for like two years and two and a half years. So yeah, it was a two year stretch, a lot of my time, but I didn't work during hunting season because naturally I hunted. And like you said, I, I didn't work out, even think about working out during hunting season. It takes enough time. And then springtime, start working again, working on camp. So it was a two year spell that I worked on it and it's finally done and freeing up some time and actually not so much on my plate that I'm looking forward to. Cause when I do shit, you know, it's kind of all in, you know, like working out now I'm, it's a little bit to get started, but once once I get going, it's like it's kind of like hunting. You know, you go 110 percent. You 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 know you go at it, but you can't do 10 things at 110 percent. You know, there's got to be some some give. And I just kind of like it was working out. You know, and um, so yeah, so I accomplished a couple things there, and I'm I got some room to start uh, something else. You know. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if you can do more than if you can do like 110 percent at more than three things a day. Like if you could do four and actually do them well, man, you're doing really well. Like for, for me, like I try to do 110% for, for my kids and my family. And that's from, you know, 6am to 8am and then from 4pm to seven. So like those like five hours, like kind of really try to dedicate to the family. And then the middle of the day, you know, eight to four is just straight work. And then after seven is usually like, you know, an hour to two hours of, of whatever deer vein is bringing in or whatever I'm trying to mill around in my head or any other like life, like, like the future things, like, you know, like if you got to do a, like doing your taxes right now, like everybody's got to start doing your taxes. Right. And that takes hours if you do any of that. So like, yeah, I mean, if you're doing more than three things a day, you're doing all right. You're doing pretty good. So the only thing I've been doing 110% probably the last week or so is, uh, hanging out at home, sitting on a couch, but, um, there's a short window that it's like, I know what March brings, you know, as far as work, well, I'm bidding on work now. I know what's yeah. coming. It's like, Hey, I'm just, gonna, you, know, you know, I'm just sitting here. I'm just taking, you know, and I just finished up hunting. It's like, I'm just chilling for like a minute, you know, and I'm, I'm going to get into, you know, mm-hmm. well, I actually still working out, but it's like, I don't feel so guilty when I just sit around a little bit this time of year. Cause I know what the next, nine months are going to be (laughs) right well i think it's also does something to your mind where it's like you're a bum you know yes yeah for the next three months it's like all right you sat here enough it's time to go but um it's always good to you know have some time like that you know right uh dude yeah so my my wife is a uh uh, an all-inclusive resort type of person like if we go anywhere, like that's, that's what she wants. She wants to like sit on a beach, like on our honeymoon, we just went and we sat on a beach for like four or five days. We'd maybe do like one thing each day um, outside of that. And when we got home, I was like, I'm ready to go do something. Like I'm yeah, done, I'm done sitting around. Like I'm ready to do something. 
Um, you know, we were patient, same thing. You know, you sit around so much. And it's like, I got to do something. This is just, uh, <laughs> it's not for me, you know, but. Uh, right. Well, yeah. And you, uh, and for anybody who's listening, you don't know Johnny, uh, Johnny, Johnny Stewart, everybody, Johnny Stewart on the call today. He is uh, out of PA. He runs a concrete business, right? No, <laughs> excavation. <laughs> I, sorry, excavation. I mean, y'all okay. playing with big machines. My bad. <laughs> I knew you were digging holes. Yeah. <laughs> You're just not pouring. You're just digging yeah. them. Yeah. Digging them so. and bulldozing and, yeah, pushing dirt around. Um, yeah, so Johnny runs an excavating business, but he also has a phenomenal hunting background and hangs out with a bunch of hunters like, Bo Martonic um, is one of them for sure. Works with all the Spartan Forge guys as well. You guys had that veterans hunt out at your cabin. That looked badass. That looked like a great time, man. Yeah. Um, and and you, we we're going to talk late season hunting. And one of the things that I've been wanting to talk to you about actually is that buck that you like stalked and killed, that you tracked and killed. Like yeah. that was a that was for sure. I had a really good podcast lineup rolling. And you killed that thing. And I was like, oh, man, I'm sure he's got a bunch of podcasts lined up to talk about that. So maybe I can catch him later in life, which is awesome, because I want to touch on that today. I want to talk about some late season things, but then also like how that rolls into, you know, scouting. Right. The rest yeah, of the we season. Could, I mean, we could back up till about November, just kind of walk you through, you know, how the season went. Um, yeah. But I finished up that hunting camp, you know, right up uh, until right it was like days before we had a veterans hunt. It was the 11th to the 14th. And it's a great thing Bill does, you know, he's given back and he, you know, he's raised money and I'm sure next year he's going to raise more as, as, you know, Spartan Forge grows. But um, we had about, I think we had 15 guys at camp. Um, great group of guys for like not knowing 14 of them or 13 guys and meeting a lot of them. Like we all gelled and, drank and ate and hunted it was a great time you know we didn't kill anything it was really dry like the rut hit hard there and then we had the veterans hunt 11th of the 14th we seen some small bucks but um all my cameras showed that the 6th 7th or 5th 6th and 7th of november even steve shark he runs a guidance service up there and he runs over 100 cameras and i called him i said man i feel bad i had all these guys here at camp steven we, you know, I was putting them in spots. This is a good spot, and we we didn't do any good. And he said, "Well, my cameras all showed that it just died them few days. It was hot, <clears throat> fifth, six, and seven, so it didn't make me feel too bad. But still, we had a great time. And um, then fast forward, um, gun season. Um, actually, right before rewind, um, that was eleventh to the fourteenth of November, and and I got to um only hunted last two days and it was like the la or the last day the 14th and the 15th I hunted because it was like I had all these guys there and I really didn't even want to hunt like me and Bill because I didn't want to have all these guys staying or hunting like all these deer on a wall and then you know everybody comes back with their head hung down low and I come dragging some big buck in or something so it was like <laughs> I went in a tree once with Garrett DIY sportsman Garrett Prowl and I went hunting with him we did some hiking and scouting together and put him in a spot and I was like I went in the tree and I'm like I can't even hunt I, I got down and I, I just I said because I ain't gonna shoot a deer it's not all about me I want these other guys and you know what I mean? yeah yeah my look what I got guys and they're like you ain't got a new deer on the wall <laughs> so um right oh was, yeah there was a there was a time where I ran a uh, bow fishing guide service I, I used to shoot carp 
uh, I did that for four years and uh, I would never shoot with the people that I was guiding just because I wanted them to shoot all the fish, right? I wanted them to shoot all the carp. And uh, then at one point, I think it was like my third or fourth trip, like ever out guiding the two people I were with couldn't just couldn't hit shit. And they were like, this is impossible. You can't do this. And I was like, it's possible. You just gotta, just gotta keep trying guys. You gotta aim lower. You gotta aim lower. And, and eventually like one of the guys, I coached him into shooting a fish. Like I was like, all right, aim, aim at him. All right. Aim lower, aim lower, aim lower, aim lower. And he kind of finally dropped his bow a little bit. And I was like, all right, shoot. And he's, and he crushes and he smokes the fish. Right. He's like, Holy shit. That's, that's, Oh my God. That's so ridiculous. Yada, yada, yada. And then he goes, then they go on and they still keep missing. And then they, and eventually they said to me, they're like, all right, if you're, if you're so good, Mr. Guide, get your ass up here and start shooting. And it was one of those, like, I didn't want to be a dick, but I went like five for five or six for six up there with them. <laughs> and, and they were like, all right, get the fuck back in the boat, get in the back of the boat again. <laughs> so leaving it up to them. So I know, I know how you feel. Like you're wanting everyone else to be successful and yeah. you don't want to like come rolling in and they'd be like, oh, I see how it is. Yeah, I, I would have felt about I, I probably couldn't have sh shot a deer if it came. So I hunted for a few hours of game and I got down. And so, so it was a good time. And, um, oh, actually the guys left for town the one day and there was like a 160 inch deer crossing the main road. And, and they told me it was at night after hunting. I'll have to show you a picture of it. But a few days later, I got hit on a road right there by my camp. It was like 160 inch deer, you know, that was, and that was pretty wild, but, uh, they're there. Um, so anyways, fast forward, I was able to get down to Ohio. I had some cameras and uh, that was November 18th. And it was kind of the same deal. I, I got down there at 18th, grabbed cameras and it was pretty hot, like 15th, 16th, 17th. And I talked to a couple other guys in Ohio and I was down there naturally 18th, 19th, 20 And it was kind of like dry. And um, actually me and Bill from Spartan Forge went down there and uh, just a lesson here, you know, you could learn from the situation you know we had three or three days to hunt i grabbed the cameras the first day we had three days to hunt and it was dry and and these hills were pretty rugged up and down and i mean we couldn't the leaves were probably five six inches thick it was just ridiculous and you really we couldn't even get up you know you, you're getting up before daylight you only got three days to hunt so you're going out and hunting right yeah but that's not really the best thing to do because we couldn't even get in the forest and and Bill went one way, I went the other way, and he's like, man, I heard you 600 yards away. I'm like, I know, Bill, we, I mean, we're here to hunt, <laughs> you know, what What do we do? You know, we just go through the camp and drink beer all day. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> really, it was like probably what we should have did, or something like go on another mountain, maybe scare them across, I don't know, but I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, we got to hunt, what are we going to do? We, we can't even get set up, it was dead calm, and it was like a two, two mile an hour wind, and, and like, all day it was just uh, the deer weren't moving but um i end up getting a big deer close to me i just set up on a point and there was a, like a little bowl on the back side and there's a couple rubs there's not many deer there uh about 160 inch 10 come walking up the point it took him a half hour he come moseying all the way up and it was it's pretty open there and he's kind of quartering toward me and, and i had a big oak um right in front of me about three feet away and he kind of come toward that oak and then he went broadside behind it. I said, he steps out, I'm going to smoke him. And he stepped out and it was 32 yards. There was some beach 
beach brush kind of leaves from the beach trees and like a, some vines growing. And uh, I didn't shoot. I mean, I think when I was younger, I probably would have shot. It was 50, 50, maybe percent chance the arrow went through, maybe a little more better odds. But I think now that I'm older, it's like, you know, things I, I did when I was younger, you know, when you see a deer like that, you kind of take the first opportunity you get, you know, maybe when he was even quartering toward over on this side of the oak tree, I probably would have sliced it, you know, right in between his shoulder and his brisket, you know, but, you know, and I've noticed last year, you know, just kind of waiting for that perfect shot and things have passed me by, but it wasn't like, man, I got to kill, you know, I'm just enjoying my hunt, but um, I had a good encounter with that deer. He stepped out and I couldn't get a shot and, um, you know, he moseyed off and it was just like, one of them things like, oh, he's going to die, but it just, I looked after he stepped out, I was like, man, I ain't, can't even get a shot there, but, um, so that was pretty cool, that was our, yeah. that was a three-day hunt we did there, and was that a, like a, was that a lease or a public land piece that you'd visited before? That was public ground, um, I okay. had cameras, and I, I grabbed them, and, but it was on them ridges, and it was just so crunchy, I just kind of went up the back side of this, um, it went up this, there was a hollow and I just went up the hillside and just, just kind of crept around the point because it was so noisy. The slight breeze then later in the morning and I just sat there. I didn't go any further and it was just kind of a new spot, but uh, there's some good deer in that area. Um, so that was a pretty good encounter. Um, I was happy with that. We had a good time, me and Bill. And then um, fast forward to gun season back in the PA, which was the last day of November and um we had some snow, so I went back up my camp. I was actually the only one up there, and I, I kind of wanted to maybe bow hunt up there with during the gun season. But I checked some cameras, and I thought maybe maybe into some thermal cover. It was a little bit of snow. Um, well, actually, there was no snow. We just got a snow, you know. And I was hoping they'd be maybe congested in some thermal cover, some thick stuff, and I can get in <clears throat> some thick pines or hemlock with my bow and but the snow just hit and I checked some cameras and, and, and no luck with that. So I said, well, I'll just take the gun out. And uh, I still wasn't sure I wanted to go. And I, the morning, uh, the first day of hunting, I got up at 4 a.m. and I just got on Spartan Forge and I, I found an area that was kind of vast. And I said, I'm just gonna ride the roads and find a track. So I got out about a half hour before light and I went back this road. It probably goes back five miles and um, kind of gradual, not a lot of topo clear cuts, uh, some mature woods, some some hemlocks and a lot of cover, but I went all the way back and I caught one track um, that crossed the road on me and I could tell it was a buck. And, and the road I was on actually, so the deer crossed from the left to the right and the, the road I was on hooked around to the right, like a, a big, went kind of around the point of the mountain. Um, I was just kind of going around the point there on the road to see if the deer, if he crossed the road up on that flat, if he came back across the road. Yeah. So I kind of, because that road kind of encompassed that um, flat or whatever. He didn't come back out. So I went around, I grabbed that track and I started and he, you know, he crossed the road. It was like barely light. I was still had my flashlight, you know, I was so excited. What, uh, I mean, yeah. What was the, what was the giveaway for you that it was a buck track and not like a big doe or something? Like what? Um, it was, it got, they got them, the hole was bigger and more rectangular you know when he put the foot down in where, where the does are like they're little holes I, I kind of I could just kind of see them from the road I could the holes are 
I, I can't really say the dimensions. I'm not sure. Just just an experience, you know, growing up where I grew up, there was a lot of does and you could just see them small, small holes, you know, like, um, and then these, they're just bigger square or rectangular um, holes in the snow. So if you got the four right. inches of snow, you really don't even have to see the track. But then if you do look down, you know, the, the dew claws are a little further apart and, you know, the front of his toes are more like squared off. You know, it's more of a more rectangular hole in the ground as, as opposed to the does got the triangle, you know, the, where their toes are. And, and definitely the does walk, their chest isn't as wide. So when they're, you know, they're walking, they um, kind of, only have a few inches between um, their tracks when they're walking or a buck, he'll be kind of probably about this distance or maybe eight, ten, you know, it's hard for me to okay. say, but, um, and then he's usually by himself. And so he went up on a flat and I followed him and he fed. And then he went back down by the road um, that I drove on and there was a little grassy area. So um, it was probably before light that he fed by the road, just scratching in the grass. And I could see his horns poking in the, in the grass. And I'm like, man, there's the road right there. And it was about where I turned around. I went halfway around that flat, turned around and come back, got on his track. And so I just, I filmed that and he actually just went up. There was just a little rise. The field was flat and there was just a little slope, maybe went up eight feet and there was a blowdown. He actually laid right there, watched that field. And then he watched the road and, we drove down the road you could never see him but I kind of went up and I seen that I jumped him he was watching he must have seen me in that field where he was feeding and he he ran across the road and when he got across the road it was really rugged it's probably 300 foot elevation down to a pretty big stream creek and I, I kind of headed and I knew that back there was pretty rugged the rest of the land was kind of gradual flat with some roads and that. I said man and they had a bear season the, the week before and, and it seems like when that bear season comes in guys rifle hunt and kind of the deer are, are ready for the orange army and and I felt like getting near that steeper rugged um terrain is where I feel like some of the bucks would be wanting to hang you know just to get away from you know most of the pressure so he crossed the road and went down the mountain and I just let him go because a lot of times you don't want to bump a deer and keep bumping them and bumping them because you'll never catch up to him um so I just let him run down that mountain and I, I, I went further out the road. I was on, now I was on the road where I turned around and I just kept walking out the road. No one was out there that morning. I went out half a mile, just looking for another buck track or, and then there was a, a gated road to the left. And um, I went out there, it was all grown up and there was a point out there and you could see on a Spartan Forge, there's maybe a 20 year old cut, you know? So I went out on that point and there was some rubs there and, and, and some doe tracks and I seen a a bigger buck track in the snow and I'm thinking it was from like it was damn near because it snowed that night it was damn near filled in with snow um okay well, the one that I first initially started following was probably closer to daylight it was a little bit of snow in it but this one I'm figuring was back three in the morning four in the morning you know gotcha hey real quick just for clarification anyone listening if you haven't heard uh about Johnny before or where he hunts he's hunting a public ground uh, in PA and it's, you were talking thousands and thousands of acres. So mm -hmm. this is one of those scenarios where if Johnny does cut a track and he wants to chase that deer, he's got the room to do it. So just kind yeah. of setting, setting the stage there. And that's why this tactics effective uh, here is because you're really, I mean, you, you're going to run into some smaller chunks of private ground, but really like it's a ton of wide open public where you just keep going and you can yeah, kind of track these deer down. Yeah. 
it's continuous. It just keeps going and going. And um, it was the first day of gun, which everybody's out. But luckily, I figured if I got out there at daylight, I just and there was no tracks back here. Now, later in the week, there was guys all through that, you know, but um, yeah, so I found that other track. Yeah. And when I looked at my Spartan Forge, I was about a mile from where that previous track was where the deer fed by the road and bailed off the mountain and in, in, into the more rugged, steep um, section of the forest. And it was a mile part and I started following the bigger track and it was pretty awesome that he knew exactly where he wanted to be. He knew daylight was coming and he knew, you know, so he went, if he was up in that 20 year old cut and maybe sniffing around for a doe. I don't know, but he went, he went down the mountain. It was the same like a uh, rugged piece of basically it was a stream, a big, maybe 50 yard wide stream at the bottom. And, you know, this, this, this hillside, this mountainside, just, you know, it was flat on top and it went steep down to that stream. And then it was like hollows that, that fed, you know, tributaries that fed that. So it was like a steep hill and a hollow and a steep hill. And so basically that's what it, it was all a couple of little streams feeding um, that main stream. But anyways, that big buck track it was hard to follow because it was damn near covered in but i could just see the size of it you know it was a big square rectangular uh i knew it was a buck and i followed him for three quarters of a mile and he was in he end up um going toward the buck i jumped in the morning so the buck i jumped in the morning that went down a mountain he crossed over this track that i was following so he had gone down it was a daylight and the one i was following you know, it was probably four in the morning or something. Sure. So they, they kind of crisscrossed and then I lost that bigger buck track because he got into some does and I think he went up there, he knew where does were and there were some beech nuts in there. I think he fed. And so I kind of lost his track. So I, I got on, back on the buck that I uh, jumped, you know, I got on his track. It was a yeah. lot more cool and he was going down the mountain. But as I followed him, they both converged and they laid on the same point 10 feet apart you know so that was pretty amazing that <laughs> they spoke their mile apart and they know where they wanted to be when the pressure was on you know that was you know 150 feet down from the top 100 you know 150 feet up from the bottom really steep hemlock you know it's like that's where they they wanted to be they, they know the top had a lot of guys and and stuff like that so that was pretty amazing, you know, yeah. to follow two bucks and a mile apart and to end up on that same point, you know, so <laughs> that was a, it tells you they don't, it's not a coincidence that where they bed, um, there's reasons for it. There's reason them two big deer were there, you know, they were, they were hiding think, from the Were they there at the same time? You think? Yeah, their bed, I jumped them both out of their bed, yeah. And if I had more yeah. time, I would maybe back out and know they're there, maybe probe around and that, but I only had one day to hunt. Um, so I said, I'm, I want to, I just, I bumped them. And so they, they went, um, they went around the face of the mountain above that Creek, you know, and they, they run, they picked up another buck and they jumped a bunch of doe that were laying above that Creek, you know, still that same elevation line. So they kind of was parallel in that Creek, the big Creek, you know, 150 feet in elevation up up the hillside and just running that mountain face and then they, they went up the does scattered and then three buck went up the next tributary up the next hollow that fed that main stream 
and I started following him and the wind kind of blew up my back kind of. And so I actually backed out because if they were going up that hall and my wind was going up, everyone would smell me. So I backed up, ate lunch, backed out, went and ate lunch. And I come in at like the head of the hallway, which is maybe, you know, three quarters of a mile or so to the, from the head of the hallway to the, to the mainstream. So I come in and I caught their tracks to where they were coming this way earlier in the day and I was following them and they had crossed that hollow and I pulled out my Spartan Forge. I seen another mountain point that was similar to where they were. I said, they're gonna go lay on that mountain point. So I kind of didn't stay on their tracks. And that's one thing, like they went down across that tributary and up the other hillside. And I was worried they were on the other hillside. So I just, I didn't want to follow their tracks and them watch me because sometimes they'll watch your back trail. So I kind of backed out a little bit and kind of circled around and then headed, I was heading toward that point. And now it was later in the day. And um, I told myself, I see one of these deer with a rack. I'm just shooting because them guys, them whitetail cribs guys were coming the next day. And I want to, I said, I want to get a deer. I said, I want to have a deer for them when I get here, you know, something different. Right. Yeah, yeah, deer. yeah. But I'm shooting one of these suckers. I'm killing one today. So um, I seen a rack. Uh, he was moving through the beach brush, 125 yards. And I knew, like, deep down, I knew it wasn't the big one. But at 125 yards, I seen a rack. I said, he steps in that open. I'm shooting. So I shot him, and he run down the mountain. And uh, Wait, wait, wait. I, so was he, was he up on that? Because you were – you had just, I'm trying to get this story straight and visualize it in my head. So these, these deer had gone down, crossed, crossed that tributary and they were heading up to that point. Well, yeah. Um, it was like, yeah. The other side of the hollow, you know, the hollow yeah. come like, yep. so they crossed down up and they, and the next point was uh, the point from that tributary to the main big, creek, sure. you know, so they crossed and they, they went on that point and, and I, uh, like I said, I kind of went around like this and was heading toward that point. Yeah. And I think it bedded at that point, like for most of the day, because I backed out, ate lunch, gave him an hour uh -huh. or two. And so the buck I caught was coming from that point. He was on a move. They, it was okay. two. So that point was maybe 200 yards from me. And that buck come from that point and was heading up the hill. And I said, I said, there was two deer, one, I don't know if it was a doe or a small buck. And I seen a rack on the next one. And I, I just waited for an open and I didn't even have a rest. I just um, freehand shot. And um, were, you so just went, like, were you just really slowly creeping up there? Or yeah, you... the, the snow got, was soft enough and I could see fairly good, 100 to 120 yards. And I was seeing deer tracks. So I knew deer were up in movement. I didn't actually, wasn't on them buck tracks anymore because they crossed, you know, um, I was, if, as I kept working toward that point, I would have caught their tracks, you know, right. but there was deer in the area. So I was just like creep mode, creeper mode, you know, just, and heading toward that point and just looking for movement. And they were kind of to the left and I seen, um, the movement of the, the one deer and then in the other one. And I just waited for an opening and I shot and yeah. he ran, he ran down the mountain between me and the point and he went down and crashed. And so I put another shell in and, um, and I only had one shell. So I was so busy. I had my, uh, I had a 243. I couldn't even find my clip. 
first day of gun season. Like I left my house so out of the boat action, no clip. I said, well, I got three, and I found three shells. Like I'm a bow hunter, you know what I mean? I mean, I tracked it. <laughs> I got three shells in my pocket. I said, I just, I just have to shoot it with one shot. And kill right. it. So, yeah. uh, so that worked out. I threw another shell and I followed him. And as I was, he crashed. And as I was following him, he ran about a hundred yards. And I looked out on that point and that big, that big buck was standing there watching, you know, um, I could just see by the body. Cause I thought there was a chance it could have been mine. Cause mine ran down, you know, you're crashing, but sometimes they hook and run and you know how that goes. But, yeah. um, but I could kind of, it was a, when I was following mine, it was 120 yards. I seen that big one, same as kind of when I judge, you know, when I shot mine and I could just tell like that was a bigger body deer, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and I could that see was him. a big boy. And he know? just kind of watched me. And then I looked down, there's more here, you know? So, it was pretty awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, but, dude. How often? I mean, not that. Not that you're like. Uh, you, of course, you wanted to shoot the bigger one, but at the same time, how often are you the one that catches the deer movement first, like with your eyes? You know, yeah. is ninety nine percent of the time they're watching you for five yeah. seconds before they run away, right? They're yeah. watching you creep through the woods, and you yeah, finally the, caught them yeah. creeping. I, I caught them, and and there's times in the past. I was always a horn hunter and I learned tracking from my buddy and I would track them and I would try to, I'd see him running or standing. I'm trying to gauge, Oh, that's one forty. Yeah. Okay. You have to shoot her. And there's a lot of times I missed opportunities for the last two bucks I tracked. I said, I'm just shooting them because you don't have the chance to really gauge, you know, what you want to, I, I probably, if I was holding out for a bigger buck in that situation, I got a little, you know, maybe a little luck on my side or something. I was able to catch him moving. And I, if I wanted to, you know, just, I was really looking for like a bigger buck. I could have maybe let him go. And I probably could maybe had a shot at that big one, you know, but like yeah. I said, I just wanted to get a deer on the ground. Them guys were wanting to take them out hunting. So um, it all worked out. It was cool. And I dropped a bunch of cameras there when I pushed, you know, for them guys, you know, so they're, they're up there soaking. So, um, I'm going to get down there and, you know, once the, we got two foot of snow there and once that melts, I'll go in there and see if I can't uh, find his horns and at least get a picture of him or something, you know? So that was pretty, pretty cool, cool um, hunt, you know? Yeah. So, oh, that's awesome. The, uh, you drop cameras on that point and the original point that you bump them off of. Um, I didn't get to that one where he was standing, but the original one and then up in the forest where he was with them does then on that flat where I originally found the one track and then I dropped the camera where the one clear 20 year old cut, I got one out there and um, I actually put a mineral lick. You're allowed to run a mineral licks on state. I'm not on state land, but on the federal, uh, um, the um, national forest, you know, after the season. Okay. So I put a lick there and, and I'll check that period periodically, you know, when I get up there again and that. So I'm hoping I can, you know, I think I got half a dozen cameras. I'm hoping I can catch them on there, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, so those yeah. are, those are like, uh, it sounds like those are like points that you can hunt year over year and you might, mm -hmm. you are going to, you're likely to find deer as long as you don't like burn them out and push them bucks out of there. Yeah, and they were feeding, and then once the snow melted on that flat, there was some beach, and they were feeding, if I archery, if I found that, it was rubs where that first initial track was, it was rubs, scrapes, big rubs, scrapes, deer shit, bear shit, I'm like, man, this spot, you know, there was beach nuts falling, and they were just tearing it up, I probably got to kill the buck there in archery, you know, but um, yeah. it was a new spot, and, it, you know, so 
even next year rifle or even bow you know i get to learn that spot and um i found myself this year hunting new spots everywhere i went but i asked myself why am i doing this but i think i just like learning that spot and then once you figure them out and you learn it and you know what deers are i feel like i move on to the next spot i'll tell my buddy go hunt here you know why you gotta that just right. there's a good book here and then i'm I'm always going to hunt in a new spot and find a new spot i did it so down in ohio i pulled cameras and where i seen a big buck i was never in that spot you know i knew it was a you know good area and then this buck i hunted i actually never hunted there um and then fast forward i went back down ohio late season well no i went to minnesota and i hunted a spot i never been there you know that was that was good but i'm like man what am I doing? If you want to kill a deer, you think you'd hunt the spots you scouted in that. But then I feel, <laughs> I, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just kind of like the learning curve, like figuring out the spot is what I like and seeing what lives there. And then once you figure that out, it's a matter of time sitting there killing an the animal, you know, but uh, yeah, I found myself new spots a lot this year, you know? Yeah. I think like I have, I, I know exactly what you mean. Cause you get like these, um, you get these spots that you kind of figure out and they are, you know, if you wanted to rank your rank, your spots as like a level a is the best and B is like, okay. And C is where at worse. And D is like even worse than that. You, you know, you get a lot of these like B spots that you find that are like, they're good, but if someone else is in here hunting this, like, you know, these aren't that great anymore. But yeah. you get these A spots, these A caliber spots where everything comes together, including the minimal pressure, and you mark them down. And those are like, you know, when you're in a pinch, that's what you're looking at on, on your map, right? You use Spartan Forge, I use Onyx. That's what I'm combing through on Onyx is like, I have certain pins that are just highlighted a specific color. So that I'm like, okay, like when I'm down to the wire and, or it's, you know, middle of early November and the pressure's on and people are everywhere, like, and I got a west wind, how can I filter out, where can I find those three, you know, class A spots that I can go, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, and I, and once you figure them out, just like you said, it, at that point, you're like, all right, this is a good spot. Yeah, you're gonna, good you spot. can you'd certainly kill a great buck here. Is it going to be two hours in the tree or 15 or 24? I don't know, yeah. but yeah. you're going to just got to, you got to put in your time at this point because back to how you even started this whole conversation was everybody was there on the 11th through the 14th. But I think you were saying the cameras were, were lit up the fifth, sixth and seventh. And then it just kind of trailed off. Yeah. And you just got to be there at that right time to, to make it count. Yeah, And like you said, them are all good spots and it's just, and I'm like, so I think this year, like this year I might just focus on, so yeah, like the last couple of years building my camp, I, I didn't have the time. I still hunted all the states that I usually do, but I didn't have the time to kill the deer. So I think that's how I evolved to getting into that was just going to new spots, scouting, hunting a little bit, you know, because um, I enjoy that. Because I, I enjoy the whole process, the scouting, the hunting, the rut, the postseason, the early, you know, late yeah. season, like, you know, just being busy with my business and, 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 uh, building that camp it was like i knew i don't like i didn't have the time like i didn't hunt much this year you know so it was kind of just i enjoyed it did the scout and put my buddies in his place but like i'm thinking forward to next year i said i'm gonna have more time maybe i'll just hit up and work on a few of them good spots camera bomb 
and I got enough states and just killed deer next year. You know, like, like, and it goes a long way. Like, okay, all that, maybe I didn't kill a deer this year, but you get 10 years in and you did more scouting and you tried new spots. Then you got, like you said, you got a whole list of good spots and then you might weed out, get that prime primo a spot. So I'm thinking like fast forward to next year. I'm like, I could probably kill three or four bucks on public land next year. If that's what I really wanted to do means I spent all this time in all the woods and I, you know, it's always, you're always, your brain's always growing and learning that new spot. You know, you're not just not all about killing and you put all them new spots, all them times you learn them new spots and then it just comes together. So when it, you know, when it comes together, when it is time to kill, you know, you have all that, that knowledge, you know, all them spots you learned and you can fine tune them few a spots. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I think about it, I said, man, I like, and I was thinking tonight, I said, man, maybe I'll set a goal next year. I want to shoot three, four bucks on public land. I'm like, well, I know I could do it. I know, but it, I'd have to go back to them A spots and just totally, you know, put the microscope on them and work on them in them three or four states. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it, it's your hunt. It's no one's going to judge you if you don't kill a deer. That's how I feel. No one's going to judge you. You know, it's like, so yeah, the last couple of years, I didn't kill a lot, lot of deer, but it don't mean I can. It's just, I, you know, I was pressed on time and I still liked enjoying the whole aspect of scouting. So I, I would go to a different state and pull cameras and scout. And usually I, you know, when I had more time, I'd, I'd be able to hunt for them five days. You know, like you said, you might need a two day to four day where I didn't. So I'd maybe pull camera scout and I enjoyed that, enjoyed pulling cameras, enjoying a couple of days hunting. And then I'm, then I'm gone again, but, but I was able to do the things I want in the season, not, you know, not just go, it's a good spot and just sit there for four days because it wasn't about killing the last few years, you know, it was about right. in my time. And then when you get into killing, sometimes it is a, a mental change you have to make because some of the things you got to do to get these mature deer is not enjoyable. You know, you might have to get up and go sit in a tree at 10 degrees for four or five days or 20 degrees or, you know, and just be mentally tough and, and be numb and and check cameras in the middle of the night. I've done that stuff. And, um, it, you know, being that I'm so busy elsewhere, I didn't have a, have that mental capacity to do that. You know, to talk about doing a couple of things, 110%, you know what I mean? You're only going to be able to do a couple of things that time of year at 110% because it's going to take so much out of you. And it's probably not going to be fun, you know, but you might devote yourself to it. You know, if you want to kill that deer, it's like kind of a different you know, mental state that you put yourself in, make sure you're scent free, make sure, you know, know what's going on. I mean, do some extra scouting, extra cameras in one spot, you know, if you really want to kill that deer, it's kind of a different thing that I did this year as a, you know, it wasn't all about killing the last, like this year in the last few years, you know, I was enjoying yeah. it, spending my buddies and that. So, but that's, what's great about hunting. It's whatever you want it to be, you know, do you want to sleep? Like, like there's times, I said, I'll just get out, you know, and so my buddies would go out and, you know, I'd scout for them. And, but, but it's like, that's what I did for a few years, you know, and, you know, maybe next year will be different, but, um, mm -hmm. so, no, I, yeah, I know how you feel, man. And it's, uh, sometimes it's about, it's just about getting out there and like having fun and what is, what is fun to you, you know, yeah. fun, fun to you might be sitting in a stand and, uh, for the next four days in the same stand over and over and over looking at the same views not seeing many deer but you know that when that one deer comes through it's going to be him right yeah. um and some people you know and i tend to lean the other way where it's like i'll sit there for a day 
maybe two days. But after that, like I'm going to, I'm, I got too much ADD, man. I got to see what's over that next Ridge. Maybe he's over there, right? Maybe he's gone. Maybe he was shot earlier this year. Maybe a car hit him. I don't know. Maybe a bear got him. I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, so I'm, I'm on the move and I'm going to explore and I'm going to hang in a new tree and see some new scenery. And hopefully, you know, the first sit is the best sit somewhere else. So that's mm-hmm. like, I mean, that's, I don't know if it's, you know, and I have a, a, a really good friend of mine that I trust a lot in terms of deer hunting and, and knowledge. And he's really, he's really good. He's got a lot of deer on the wall and he's, and he's like, man, you're moving too much. Go mm-hmm. one spot. And if you got to sit there for 13 days and take 13 days off of work, sit there for 13 days, you find yeah. that pinch during the rut, the right pinch, and you sit there and you just got to make that shot count when he comes in. That's what I, he goes, that's what I do. And I kill, I kill a good buck every year. And I'm like, dude, but that doesn't sound fun to me. (laughs) Exactly. What do you want? That's what I said. Like, I'm, I'm kind of on your speed there. Like this last few years, it's like what I wanted to do. It wasn't about killing, but if I want to kill a deer, yeah, I'm going to have shift gears and it's not going to be what I can, you know, it, it it is fun, but sometimes it's mentally tough. Like if if you think he's gone to to sit there or to get up early and it's, it's, um, to me, it's not as enjoyable. I mean, but there's times that I like it hard like that. And that's the challenge. That's mm-hmm. the challenge. I want, I want to sit there and I want to kill that deer, but mm-hmm. it all depends on, you know, and it's your hunt, you know, no, you know, you, you do what you want to want to do out there, you know, but, and there are times when I'll sit there for days because I want to kill that deer. And I know that's what I got to do. Or you'll just, or just hop stands, you know, or get down and move a hundred yards, but just stay out there. Cause you know, he's there, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah killing is different than hunting definitely <laughs> yeah and then i talked oh, to a buddy yeah. and i t- kind of told him how my season has been going good tracking buddy and track shot an older fella and he said john hunting's way more fun to keep fun way way more fun than killing he said I, i've i've killed a lot of deer but hunting's a, a, a lot a lot better in, in my eyes you know you're out there <laughs> you could shift gears and turn into just hunting and killing you know yeah but so no that's awesome so how big how big was that buck that you did shoot uh, maybe 125 okay not like an eight point ten point i don't know if he was an i think he was an eight okay i think he was an eight point eight or nine i think he was an eight though but I mean, so you, so you got the glory of having one hang in there when the Exodus boys rolled in. They rolled, you know. I said I got, yeah. I said I got one for you guys, and uh, it's kind of what I wanted to do. I said I'm like that morning. I said I'm going to kill a deer today. You know, like yeah. just that mind, mental. You know, I left before daylight, and I got on a track, and I, you know, I went to the jeep, and that, it so it was like that was that mental. I put myself in a different place that I'm, I'm, I, I need to kill now. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, Yep. kill on you know it's like okay yeah. now i'm done having fun i need to kill a deer these guys are coming i think it'd be cool and you know it wasn't the biggest one but but that was you know how i, I made that shift in in my head to to be a into yeah. killer not being a hunter you know yeah so yeah so, and yeah. i uh yeah this is a, a story i haven't told i haven't told live yet or even posted about or anything um i ended up losing a losing a buck I mean, I killed him, but, uh, I lost him to the coyotes real bad. Um, the last, the last day of season, um, he, uh, 
and it was it was the last day of the season i was at our 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 private ground and like we have a we have kind of a a 10 acre field out in front of the cabin so in between the cabin and the and the road there's like a 10 acre field and it kind of runs parallel to the cabin like you, the, these deer can come up out of the woods and never see the cabin at all um but when I'm in the tree, I'm looking over and I'm 300 yards from the cabin. Like I could see it. Like I could yell to my dad and he we could have a conversation back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I, I got in this tree and I was like, I'm like, I'm killing tonight. Like whatever it is, it's, it's dying. I don't care if it's a, a small buck, a giant buck, a doe, a fawn, like I'm putting something in the freezer and um, about like 440. And it was with like, it was five degrees out when I got in the stand. Wow. And with, with wind chill, it was probably like, I don't, I don't know, probably negative five, neg- something mm-hmm. in that range. It was cold. It was cold, cold evening. Um, hung my set, got in it, was in a tree about, oh, I don't know, um, maybe eight inches in diameter in this little yeah. fence line. Um, and it was just, it's a real thick, nasty, maybe like 25, 30 year old fence line. Um, and so I had to get down. I had trimmed a bunch of lanes. I knew I was going to have some time, um, but there was one lane off to my right, which was my my offside, right? That I had mm-hmm. to had to trim out pretty good. And I got, and I had already hung my set, and I had no way of getting up this tree. And there were some branches that were about like I don't know, 12, 14 feet up that needed trimming. So I like you know bear gripped the tree and like shimmied my ass up there. Um, yeah. I got to a spot where I could, where I could trim it off. And I, and I did, and I got down, got into my stand and realized that I had missed a, a, a decent sized branch. So I said, I cut, I cut my shooting lane, but the shooting lane was, I was thinking it was going to be like a nice wide, you know, five foot circle that I could just punch through. And now it was like condensed down to like this little two foot window. Mm-hmm. Um, and before it was nothing. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I could still squeeze one through two feet. Um, and so about 440, uh, this probably like one and a half year old six point pops out decent size buck. I was like, yep, you're dead. So, and, uh, he came, he came up the fence line and he got, he was straight up wind to me at about 50 yards. Um, and, uh, and I had grabbed my bow and he just kind of stopped and kind of looked at me, but I don't, I don't think he saw me. He just kind of like saw something different because he kind of sat there for a little bit, shook his tail like they do, put his head down, kind of scratched, ate some soybeans a little bit, crossed over into the fence line that I was in. And when he did that, and he did that at about like 50 yards or so, I stood up, I grabbed my bow and I knocked in there, or I was just, I got, I got ready essentially to shoot him off to my right. So I had to stand up in my tree stand and spin around. Um, And he worked right up the fence line to me. Like, I mean, everything he could have asked for, got behind some thick brush, drew when he was at like 25. He sat there, made a little scrape um, at like 20. And then he came through my gap. I grunted him at whatever, I think it was like 14 yards or something. And he stopped. And right when I grunted, he just stared right at me. He knew I was there the whole time. He just like, didn't know. And so then I went to pull off my shot and, um, and this is my first shot with a, with a hinge release on a deer. I hadn't shot one yet. And I pulled through and I just like, I, you know, I kind of blanked out and I pulled through and instead of like a nice easy pull, I kind of just ripped it off 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and at, I think it was 18 yards by the time that arrow hit him. All, all I could see was my uh, nocturnal sticking in the ground. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm, I know like I hit him. I didn't hit him back. I know that. Um, like I didn't hit him in like in the ass or in the like immediate guts, but at the same time, the shot looked kind of low and mm-hmm. back a little bit from what I saw. But again, like what I saw was the, just the knock um, sticking in the snow, which was like under his belly. So I was like, okay, where, I don't know where I hit him yeah. at all. Um, and I like, this is, this was the first year I haven't filmed shooting in a long time. So I didn't, couldn't go back, look at the footage. And mm-hmm. so what I did was, uh, I, I gave him like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Um, and, uh, and this was, this is the whole thing of like, yep, you're dead. Like I'm, I'm here to kill today. Like I'm going to kill you. And so I gave him 10, 15 minutes hopped out of my stand, packed it all up. It was still light out and uh, went over and checked my arrow and everything was frozen solid. So mm-hmm. like my arrow was frozen in the ground, pretty much my, uh, and all the blood that I was looking at was frozen. Yeah. Um, so I had a really hard time deciphering like what kind of blood it was. Um, yeah. And the other thing was that it was pretty much broadside. And the other thing was that um, the, my fletching and my wrap which is all white um was all red but the front of my arrow was like all fat Mm -hmm. so like i wasn't quite sure what was going on there and i was about 50 yards into the field so he had 50 yards to get to the woods line and then after that he would have tipped over and he did not die in that time frame so it's like okay so I, I certainly didn't, it's very unlikely that I like double lunged him hard at him because he probably would be dead by the end of the field. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't think I shot him in the guts. So I'm going to go take a look. And we had, I don't know, maybe a foot of snow on the ground. So very clear and easy blood trail. Um, but the blood was also very sparse. And mm-hmm. after the first, I don't know, 20 yards, it was only bleeding out of his entry side. It was not bleeding out of the exit, which was really like um, frustrating to me, like mentally, because I'm like, okay, why are you not bleeding out the exit? Did I hit that low that you really only have like an, an entry wound? Like essentially, you know, I got the bottom, whatever, three inches of your belly or did the exit wound clog up with like fat or guts or something? Did, is that what happened? And why, like, why is it just spraying out maybe, you know, 10, 15, there was like maybe 10 droplets the entire way. Like it was, it was very clear every, every foot, there were 10 to 20 droplets of blood, but they're all, yeah. What's that? And that's in the snow too. So that's a like, you're seeing every drop, you know, if it was yeah. leave, you know, you wouldn't be able to see that. Much. So, yeah, exactly. So I was like, well, this kind of would be a harder track in no snow, but in snow, I'm like, there it is. Yeah. Um, so I'm following it and I get, and I get into the woods and he kind of goes down a trail, crosses a four wheel trail of ours and drops down to, and he's heading towards a known bedding area where I jump deer. So 
Um, I'm looking at this and at this point I'm about 80, 85 yards. Um, and actually, no, when I got to the field edge and he, and I did not find him right in the woods line there, I actually backed out. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was about 50, 60 yards. I backed out to the cabin, um, dropped off my, dropped off my stand, dropped off my bag, just grabbed my bow and, um, and my bow and my knife essentially. So then I, and I waited about an hour before I got after him. Um, again, I'm like 300 yards from the cabin. So it was like a 10 minute walk back, you know? So I just, yep. I, I dropped all my gear off, hung out at the cabin, um, called one of my buddies and whatnot. We talked through it and I said, yeah, I'll give him an hour and I'll go take a look again. We'll see what I can find. So I went and took a look. Um, and that's when I got to about 85 yards and I, he had dropped over. Uh, the four wheel trail and he was down his on his way downhill. And I kind of shined the flashlight out, out to about 20 yards or so. And he was not dead on his way down the hill. So he had made it over a hundred yards. And I, so at that point, I don't know why it didn't dawn on me earlier. Um, but I backed out, uh, like 30, 40 yards and called a friend of mine named Tim, who I had on the podcast earlier this year. And he's a, he's a blood tracker, blood tracking dog guy. I called Tim. I said, Hey, Tim, Here's a scenario, not sure of the shot. It was close. It's not all guts. I'm fairly certain I at least got liver, if not a lung and liver, but I'm about a hundred yards out and he's not dead. What would you do? And, uh, and he said to me, he goes, well, Anthony, like you can, you can keep going after him. If you were very confident in the shot, I would keep going after him. We found a lot of deer at 150 yard mark. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're unconfident, I would back out and it's five degrees out. You're not going to spoil any meat. There's not going to be an issue. If, if anything, he's going to lay there. He'll probably lay up and he'll die tonight, if nothing else, from the cold. And you'll be fine. You'll, you'll find him curled up in the morning. Mm -hmm. He goes, is there, I said, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking to do. He goes, is there any reason you wouldn't? This was a Sunday night. Do you need to go to work in the morning? Do you need... Are there a bunch of coyotes in the area? Are you concerned about that? I said, actually, yeah, I just heard one howl down in the bottom in the direction this deer was heading, but like, they're kind of always there. And so Tim, Tim said to me, he goes, well, Anthony, you can, you can go after him, like give him another couple hours and go after him. But if he's not dead and you hit him worse than you thought and you bump him, you're going to give those coyotes double the blood trail, double the scent trail, double the distance to find that deer. You know, if he's, if he's 50 yards past where you stopped looking and he headed yeah, up right there and he's going to die right there, he had, there's very little scent, you know, in that, in that 150 yard window versus if you bump them and it could be a four or five, 600 yard window. He goes, so if I were in your shoes, I would take the risk to back out and come back and hopefully find that deer fully intact. Um, but there certainly is a possibility that the coyotes will find it tonight mm -hmm. because it's, it, it's just is what it is. And I said, okay, well, I will, I'm going to take the, the advice, uh, your, uh, I'm going to call another couple of buddies. And I called a couple other buddies, explained to them this situation. And they were all like, yeah, I would go with, with Tim. 
Um, and I, and I 100% like even in the same, uh, same situation, I would take the same advice again, like, mm-hmm. because that the thought of pushing him further than where he was, I found him the next morning, um, at about, so I stopped looking at about hundred yards out. I found him at about 200 yards out. Mm-hmm. So, and he was just, there was a little bit of skin, a little bit of fur and skin left on him. Oh, um, like I, you know, there was, there was a pack for sure. I mean, there had to be four to six, maybe seven, eight coyotes in there. Um, the ribs were cleaned out. All the guts were gone. Like all, all of them were gone. There was nothing there. All the tenderloins were gone. Both the back legs were gone. One of them was totally torn off. One of them was pretty much just barely hanging there. Um, the neck was still somewhat intact and the face was still somewhat intact, but other than that, uh, it had been drug. He'd been drug around 10, 20 feet ish. And when I found, I mean, he's a, he was a big deer. He was probably like 170, 180 pound deer. I mean, he was no small deer. Um, so it was, uh, it was really, in, it, it was, it was extremely, um, what do I want to say? Like, it was a big letdown. It, yeah. it really was. Cause I, like if I would have just made a better shot on the front end of that, he would have been dead in the field and I would have been, you know, walking mm-hmm. him out with the truck essentially. Um, and it sucks that it played out the way it did. Um, and I really wanted to just put meat in the freezer. Like I would literally know no concept whatsoever about hunting horns or anything like that. And uh, yeah, yeah it was a, as a tough, tough, tough scenario. Um, really did just uh just i i I wish i would have done better right i mean you always you always do i wish i would have just double lunged in heart or just double lunged which is what i usually aim for and it just didn't it didn't happen this year so and i don't you know i re i've replayed the shot over and over and over and over again in my head and i just uh yeah i mean it, it sucks and I guess I, the only thing you can do is, is move on and practice more. I mean, yeah, yeah. like I, I've never, yeah. Like I said, I never shot that, uh, shot a deer with, with that hinge release before. And, and I, and I just got so nervous when I had to grunt him and stop him in that like two foot window and his head just snapped and stared right at me. I was like, he's going to run, he's going to run, shoot, man, shoot. And I'm trying to like, twist that hinge or pull that hinge back to get it to click and pop and i just got nervous and just ripped it off and i think that's what caused my 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 bow hand to shake a little bit and i just bad form poor form and just ripped it off and that's just that's me being bad with my equipment and i can't uh i I mean i wish i was better i was that day i was out shooting in five degrees to make sure i was okay and I was dumping, you know, all bullseyes, like at, at 30 yards, like, and this deer was at 20 and I was like, it's not like, it's not like a practice scenario could have really helped me there. Cause I was, and I was doing well. Um, so you, yeah, just anyway. learn, you, know, you just gotta learn from, from that, you know, I've met, you know, I've made all the mistakes and more and, you know, at some point, and I'm still making more mistakes. It's not that you try, but shit happens in real life situation you know and you did the best you could you know shit 
you know, shit happens and you can't let that bother you. You just keep put like put it in your brain and as a learning experience and keep looking forward, you know? Right. Right. I know. And it's the thing that like my two buddies who, who also shoot hinges, they're like, Oh, I'm shooting a thumb button for, for hunting season. I said, you know what? I think I'm going to try to just keep shooting the hinge. Like I'm shooting really well with the hinge. I used to have target panic. I've punched the trigger a few times on a deer on deer with my, with my regular release. Like I'm just, maybe this will help me a lot more. And I was in my brain, I was thinking about a scenario where the deer essentially is not looking at me. I don't have to grunt him to stop him. And he's not staring at me where he's just like working through the woods and he stops on his own and you can sit there and take your time. He's got no idea you're there and you can pull one off. But this situation was far from that. And, uh, and I just, yeah, it's just not something I planned for. So I I'm, I'm certainly going to purchase a thumb button and I'll be shooting that this year and I'll have to you know, make a, a game, uh, you know, a decision in probably early August about what I'm going to shoot this fall. But uh, aside from that, like, you know, it just, it, it sucks that those coyotes found him. Um, and he was right in the known bedding area, right? He was exactly where I thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pretty much just walked right down. I was like, he's probably going to be right on this hillside where there's usually deer beds. Um, and uh, yeah, he was, he was right there. So, yep, that, that going to go out and kill mentality. I wish I, uh, I wish I just done, done better. <laughs> I really yep. did. Anyway. So yeah, you, uh, you got that one down. The Exodus boys came, they hit up the whitetail cribs. I watched that one. It was good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. 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 That was all. I mean, the cabin that you, that you built is pretty dang sweet, man. Put a lot of time into that thing. Yeah, it was, it come out better than I thought. Yeah. A lot of, a lot more time and money than I expected, but it turned out just as good or better, you know? Yeah. Did everybody from that veterans hunt stay there? Yeah. I mean, we had 15, 16 guys. I only had like two blow up mattresses. I, you know, but a bunch of beds, couches, you know, so. Right. It was even for 15 dudes you know what i mean <laughs> just a stinky just a stinky cabin yeah. <laughs> by the end of it all you uh and that's the nice thing i'm sure all those guys were like yeah whatever you got for a bed like if it's a blanket on the floor cool i'm good or they come prepared with their own cots or whatever with their own stuff but i have enough i had enough beds you know i i think i could sleep 12 you know that's how many beds i got and then couches and Dang, so, I didn't know you had that many. Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, so what are you uh did you do any hunting after that? Any more hunting or no? So killed that deer and uh I did drive out to Minnesota the day after Christmas, had some snow and I got onto some I just got onto just I just drove and up and down the roads on some public and found a few bucks. Um and then, like I said, drove out there to 27th and then the season ends the 31st. So, um, I didn't have much time to hunt. I think the 27th, 28th, and then a little bit of 29th. Well, the 28th was a whole scouting day. I might've jumped in a tree then 29, 30, 31st, you know, um, but I learned a lot and I know there's deer there for next year. So yeah. I might try to next year. Um, it was, it was, 
it was cool. It was some cold weather, but I feel like they didn't have the cold weather through December to make them really, there was ag that they were feeding on at night. They were just totally nocturnal. Mm -hmm. um, bedded up all day. I feel like if they had some colder weather up through Christmas, and then when I got there, they'd be just slave to their stomach. That's important, you know, late season to catch them um, feeding. Um, yeah. So then I, I was there a few days and I went to Iowa to visit my friends. Uh, I didn't have a tag. Uh, my former buddy, I usually stay with him when I draw a tag and he's getting up there in age. So I, I visited him and chilled out with him for a few days. Then I come home and um, went back down Ohio where me and Bill hunted and I had cameras and there was deer numbers were super low down there, um, far and few between, no mass, a lot of, you know, hardwoods and I said, man, I just rugged, you know, 300 foot elevation, you know, every day out of the gate. And it's like, you know, I, I just, no one down there hunting. It was just, the deer numbers are that low. So I kind of said, I'm not going to do this. So I, I, there was another piece of public about 40 minutes away and a uh, lot more clear cuts, a lot more private near a smaller track. Uh, um, not, the, the first one was pretty vast public, but uh, this one was, had some more uh, private ground, a little bit of ag, more clear cuts, more deer numbers. And, and I got into an area that was, I just went scouting and uh, I got into an area that was still a lot of acorns on the ground. And I found the deer shit, they've been feeding there pretty heavy. You know, I'm like, and it was like what you want to find late season. No one there on public ground on a ridge, acorns loaded. I'm like, and there was clear cuts. What it was, there was a, um, uh, a road that traveled north and a dead end it was a state road so you could park at the very end then there was like a block of private grant ground um and where you parked would be like the south so, say that private ground was like a, just a big square and you were like where you parked was in the southwest corner you know so you would have to either like hunt north uh northwest or what I did was I walked east along the south um, like border of that private square you know and I would walk mm -hmm. east then when I got to the other corner of the private square I would go north you know and and but in doing that um, the wind was kind of out of the southwest and I'm kind of walking like with the wind to my back to the area I want to hunt the public ground you know and that was the only access where I would park and you would walk east and then kind of north and, you know, northeast to hunt. There was um, the public there. The rest of it was all landlocked around there. And um, like where I parked, there was an actually, there was a little bit of snow. It was pretty much melting. But there was like a heavy trail where people have been doing this. Um, Ohio gets hunted pretty hard to where this has been done already October, November, gun season. But fast forward, um, January 20th or whatever I was down there. I'm sure guys ain't, there was a muzzleloader in early January, but I'd say no one's been there in probably a month. So they kind of let their guard down on yeah. that. But um, it was crunchy and, and I kind of went over, um, went across, then went in like Northeast and there was like two ridge, there was a ridge that came from that private that run East, the South Slope hardwoods and um, there was acorns and there was deer. I jumped deer. I was like, man, look at this. There's acorns all over. And you see the brown shit 
like the, in the ac yellowish acorns in there. I'm like, they're they've been feeding here. So that ridge ran east out of the private. And then it went kind of along the private north. And then there was another ridge that ran east. So there was two uh, ridges coming out of that private that paralleled each other. And there was like a little soft bowl in between. And so uh, I jumped in deer on that first south slope. And then I got on that ridge and I looked across at that other ridge that paralleled this one, you know, maybe uh, 200 yards to the north. And I thought I seen a deer ran with like a big yellowish rack, you know. So I jumped deer on this south slope and I'm just scouting. I just never even been there, you know, but I was finding this place yeah. to hunt. And so I popped a camera and on that other ridge, you know, a deer ran like a split second. I seen a yellow rack and um, I said, well, fuck, I'm going to go over there. And I seen where they're feeding on them acorns. I'm like, there's deer in here. And that piece of private had thermal cover. It was pines. And on a, um, that northern ridge that ran east on the backside of that was a big clear cut. I'm like, this is like primo, like late season. This is like, it doesn't get any better to this on a hard hunted piece of public ground. Like I got everything here that, you know, these deer need. So I um, popped a camera over there and I popped a camera on that south slope, couple cameras and I backed out and um, I actually went to another spot that I knew had uh, oaks and it was only a half mile away, same piece of public. And I kind of was, I said, well, I spooked easy. I'm going to go hunt there. And so I went there and there was no acorn. I found a shed, a decent shed, but no acorns, no signs. Mm -hmm. Like I'll just go back and hunt where I popped them cameras. I already spooked the deer, but I could tell there was a pile of deer in there. Maybe they'll come out of that private. Yeah. <clears throat> I went there that evening. I didn't do any good, you know? So the next morning I came in at 10 o'clock and here was the whole issue. Um, there was only that one parking spot and I had to cross like a soft ridge and, and get around that other corner of that private and head north. And it was dead calm, pretty rugged country and frozen. And I'm just like, <laughs> like crunching. Like, oh, man, this is disgusting. And yeah. so I get over there and I checked the one camera on that first south slope there and that ridge. And I, and I buckled that big gold, like yellow rack. He was there like an hour before me and he was heading into that thermal covered in pines. And it, you got to be able to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Like um, I said, and I, I was like, I know what happened. I said, this buck, and there was a stand actually right there from, you know, maybe a guy was bow hunting there or something. So, and I, you know, and I say, I don't like hunting near them stands or being near them because most of them guys get in there and they sit, hunt that same stand and the deer in the area know it, you know? Right. So I like put the pieces of the puzzle together. I said, and that deer was there um, an hour before me and the way he was heading, he was heading toward that piece of thermal cover. I said, this deer knows that parking spot's there. He probably knows this stand was here. He, you know, he was a 140 class, you know, on that hard piece of hunted public. I said, he probably fed on these acorns. He probably laid in that thermal cover and just waited for me to park this morning, come across his ridge. I'm like, I guarantee he did that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. when I jumped on that far ridge, he's like, so, you know, they go a month and they kind of let their guard down and they have to feed. But as soon as I came in from the southwest and I spooked him, he said, he probably in his head, he's like, that guy's coming, coming to hunt that stand again. You know what I mean? And he's like, yeah. and then in the morning, he was around that stand right before light eating acorns. And he's like getting light. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to move off into these pines. And, he, and he's like, and he heard me park. He's like, okay, there he is. You know, it's like, 
coming in like <laughs> clockwork. Shit happens fast. And it's like, you got to be on top of your game, you know, but like I said, it was a new area that I found and was trying to hunt. I'm like, man, I messed, I messed this up. So I end up hunting that and it, and it was a Southwest wind predominant. I end up hunting maybe that, that day. I just went to that other Ridge where I initially seen them. Cause I know the, um, you know, to the North, um, and I got in a tree there and I actually seen five buck that day feeding and they were a bunch of yearlings, one, maybe 115, 120. Um, but I wanted that bigger one. And so um, I knew, I was like, I know, I said, he ain't come out today. I, I know he, ain't. you know, he's, he's on to me, you know, and I actually seen six, seven doe. I mean, I seen um, 13, do 13 deer. And I said, I'm, I'm leaving. You know, I left them cameras there. Um, I left and I come back five days later, you know, and, and he wasn't on those cameras. I had another buck in there, probably mid thirties, you know? Um, so I had two days to hunt. I come back and uh, I hunted there, but I just gave him a break. Cause I'm like, you know, and that's the thing with people, they don't realize how smart and intelligent these deer are and they're playing with their lives here. You know, you're just out there, you know, if you don't get a deer, you're going to go to a grocery store and get groceries. You're going to, you know, like there's no, have to kill these guys are playing with their lives they have to survive you know right. that's what they're built to, to live another day and it's like people don't realize like i and people say oh nobody's hunting there nobody's hunting there. i said what do you mean nobody's hunting there? no one's hunting there's a good spot nobody's hunting there. i said are you hunting there yeah i said well you're you're putting sand out you're putting sound and cameras and all that stuff so it was like a, it's a good learning lesson to like stop and put the brakes on you know because you could mess up a spot like right now so basically i i jumped them does there and i jumped that buck excuse me and it was like he was like okay i know this game i know this gig and and you know yeah. and then but, but you got to really like see it and believe it and like okay and you're like not no ghost that just appears and there's you don't have scent and you don't have you just you know what i mean it's not like you're hovering up in a sky like a like a you know what i mean a ghost so it was a good, it's a good, like learning experience. And people think, say, Hey, this could have happened to, you know, and some guys might spend a whole week hunting there, mm -hmm. you know, and laying that, that thermal cover every day here, you park. And when I came back, I parked down the road further, walked a mile, you know, like right, trying right. to and he wasn't on camera. And I, I think I hunted a one day and uh, my buddies end up coming down to, to our camp and, uh, I hunted that day and they were down at camp and they, they went shed hunting and um, they actually found three sets of sheds. And, you know, there was, I was the following day I was going to hunt, but I just hang out around camp and drink some beer and we had a bonfire, did some shed hunting because they don't get down there that much. And that's why usually when I'm by myself, you know, if I was there myself, I would have, no one else was down there. I would have hunted all day, but they came down and we, I was like, you know, I, right. um, just kind of enjoyed like celebrated the last day and, and, and had, yeah. a, had a good time but it was a cool little experience that people would you know just think about what you're doing when you're going in there and what the deer are doing what happened yesterday i'm always asking myself you know now if i never bumped that deer chances are to, that next morning or that evening i probably could have killed him he was probably going to feed in them the, in them oaks but i I bumped them, but just ask yourself a lot of questions. What's going on here? And it's nice to look at your cameras and look around. Okay, there's a tree stand here. Where's this guy coming from? I guarantee he came in from where I'm at. And you could tell there was a heavy trail, but it was back in October. So it's like, I put all them pieces of the puzzle together and I'm like, these deer are onto this situation, you know? Um, 
So next year I'll, you know, it's gonna be a, and it's like, is that another spot that I have um, scouting all these spots where if I come back around to killing, you know, maybe that might be another one of them spots that I go pop in there and check and, or throw a camera up. But um, so yeah, that was the end of my season and I'm just kind of getting ready to get some shed hunting in, you know? Yeah. And that's one of those spots. Now that you talk about it, it's like, it's good two times of the year opening weekend and the last like last yeah, couple yeah. weeks right yeah. you got those two that's when you're gonna hunt that because otherwise be, everybody and their brother yeah there might be a chance in a rut i wouldn't hunt there because there's a bigger buck would or he if he would move through there, he'd definitely use the wind but there might be a chance in a rut you know what i mean that you might catch him but you're right you'll catch him does and them yearlings but you know and then he's going to be 150 class next year it's like cool let that guy hunt that tree stand that'd be great and then them two ridges went out to points you know um pretty rugged points and with that southwest wind i i'm anxious to get over there and, and um shed hunt them points because that's where them five buck come from you know like i come and i'm going and my wind's blowing toward them points you know it's like it's a no-brainer you know to um so i'm anxious to do some shed hunting there and learn a little more about that spot but you're right it's like it looks good, but if you really think about with this guy, how he's coming in and it's just like, yeah, the, the last, you know, I would have had some luck if I was there, like, and I didn't spook him here. Or like you said, early, early before these guys, you know, early October, you know, when they, when they're wanting to feed them acorns, catch right. him there and feed maybe during a rut, but then it's like, it's really iffy because it's like, is he that smart that he's not going to come through here? And that's where maybe your cameras would help, you know, to, to see, okay, yeah. he's moving through here, going right. Maybe I'll hunt it. But then how do you get in there? You know, cause. Or are there going to be other hunters in there? Yeah. Then you got your, like that guy's going to hunt that stand. So, and I always use them other guys to my advantage where I feel like a buck might be on them points to the East where them ridges run East and it created each of them were a pretty nice point. And then them couple bucks come off and they're, they're coming off them points to hit them acorns with the wind in their face, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now on that guy. So like, um, kind of, but they're live, they're, you know, they're playing, they're taking a chance with their life. So the, I mean, yeah. every day, you know, so they're not, um, not taking many chances, especially on something that's got, the, that much uh, activity on it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're pretty, uh, calculated in when they're going one way or another where they're bedding and whatnot but at the same time like that's the food so they got to be there right they just january i there was a storm that came in dumped a couple inches of snow and it was melting when i first got there and i could see his in where the snow was i'm i seen his tracks in there and i know i said man if i and i just couldn't get down there like right before but i didn't even know that spot existed you know because my first spot sucked so i went there but if i was there like right before and during that storm and right after and he yeah. you know I've been in a spot so but it's just another spot you got and you know it's another tool in your toolbox another you know you get so many spots and, and <laughs> yeah better you know so yeah yeah all right so then um shed hunting um yeah that's a whole that's a whole other podcast in itself but do you use just real quick I mean I know it's getting late for you um for sure so do you use the when you find sheds how do you use that information do you or do you just write it off as this isn't 
this isn't uh, relevant to hunting season or do you use it to try to pinpoint some sort of information about a buck? I think uh, most of the years when I get out shed hunting, I'm in shed mode. I just want to find a horn. And then a lot like this year, I'm going to put the brakes on and uh, not so much shed hunt, actually scout for next year. Um, and if I find a horn, because the horns I'm going to find, chances are, I mean, every there, you always hear stories and I've even found the shed and you killed a deer right in that spot. I, I've done that, you know, mm -hmm. but for the most part, um, I get into shed mode and I'm just going to where they are in the winter, where I think they would be maybe right where them acorns were not saying they're gonna be there next year, or maybe up north now that I got two foot of snow, maybe in some thermal cover. And that's where I'm going to start my shed hunting. And, and, you know, in the past, I just wanted to find horn, find horn. And it's like, um, there's going to be good bucks there every year because they get away, you know, to where if I just would because usually it's not in a place where I would bow hunt, November or, or October. It was, it's a different place. So to me, it's it, it's going to be a, I'm either going to shed hunt and take, find them horns and it'd be inventory that this deer's alive. Right. So, okay. But I get, I get so far into shed hunting that I shed, 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 shed. And it's like, I didn't scout like uh, the spots that I hunted this past November and you know you and it's like you said it's still that spot I had in November is still a new spot that I need to get in there and really dissect that spot you know so I I run out of time because I get you know my head gets into finding a horn, finding a horn you know you, know, you right. find one find the other I gotta find the other that I didn't go back and, and really dissect that that spot that I want to be in November so it's kind of like yeah. two so I, I'm going to try to put the brakes on this year on the shed hunting because I know there's going to be good deer in that spot I hunted in November and I'm just going to really dissect that spot and learn what my camera saw this year during November and what I saw and where the deer came from and really go through that with a fine tooth comb and then bucks, wherever the horns were, they're going to be back here, you know, for, for whatever reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that make, that makes sense. Cause I mean, shed hunting, the, the places you find the antlers are typically the, like the best bedding cover in the area. And mm -hmm. at that time of year, that is closest to the best food source with the least amount of pressure, mm -hmm. right? Like that's, that's typically where you find that. And that, that very well might not be where you find those deer in October. Mm -hmm. You know, they might, it might be a totally different scenario. And like you said, like uh, you, you go shed hunting, shed hunting, shed hunting, and you're checking all these areas that you don't hunt because they're not good in october or november right. they're just good in the late season because it's good thermal cover next to a good late season food source right mm -hmm. so um yeah I've, i i i find myself doing that too in certain scenarios and i'm not a very good shed hunter but i will find myself just like you know walking ag fields and walking these kind of bedding areas or or whatnot that i know like i've i've hunted uh in the fall and it's been very little sign like there are there is no scrapes in here there are very few rubs but i might find a uh an antler in here because i know that this spot's pretty good it's on the trail to a bedding area they like in the late season and mm -hmm. it's coming from a food source that they like so it's entirely possible it's just mm -hmm. uh not useful hunting information but yeah. 
I also agree. Like I, you know, I had, um, I had a guy on the podcast, Greg, who killed a great buck uh, right in the spot where he found a buck shed two years in a row. The second year he found it, he said, well, I, I found the shed here again and I've never found it anywhere else. I've never even really seen this deer anywhere else. So I guess I'm going to hunt here. And he ended up killing him there, you know? <laughs> so one year I got up in a tree and I looked down, there's a horn lion and I killed that deer the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I picked this horn up. Really? When I seen him, yeah, I knew I had him on camera, but you know, I didn't know exact. There's this horn. There's there. Okay. <laughs> you know, <it> was like, <laughs> All right, cool. Let's kill him. All right. This is a good story. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, man. Good luck shed hunting. I mean, you putting on you, do you track your miles when you do that? Um, sometimes, you know, uh, I'm good for, you know, eight miles a day, you know, um, cruising. Yeah. Two mile an hour, you know, or, you know, six or somewhere in there, but, um, not yeah. only usually track them, but, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and up North the snow will be there till April. Yeah. So, but when it melts down, sometimes that even, that helps you. Can st- I'd, I'd like to still get out and see some trail how they did travel in the winter that help you you know i try to like still get out in the snow and and that'll help you like i actually got a spot 45 minutes from here a piece of state land that gets hunted hard and i just um today i didn't have nothing to do and there was a little bit of snow left and i just drove through and took spartan marked all the buck tracks i seen i covered you know thousand acres and you know, that's yeah. great industry. And I said, well, I get, you know, a day I'm not working and I can't get, get to my other spots and they'll come shed hunt there. But even up north, I like to get up there and at least drive the road, see where they're crossing or, or if the snow starts melting, you got maybe you're down to a, a foot or so. You can kind of follow some trails and you might pick one up. But that snow is also good in, you know, good information. You know, yeah. To help you. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is, I, yeah that's a great point good tip like get out there and kind of before all the snow melts get out there and kind of get the lay of the land first so you're, yeah. so you're really easy to see like okay yeah, yep, i need to go here and here and here yeah catch them buck tracks and you got a good starting point yeah okay awesome well johnny i appreciate you popping on man thanks for taking the time and the pinch <laughs> yeah thanks buddy yeah um all right so if people want to find you it is what's uh what's the instagram it's the johnny stewart right stewart yeah okay the yeah i will i'll link it in the show notes the johnny stewart um and if you get a minute take a look at um take a look at all his posts check out that book that he shot earlier this year tracking it you got any questions hit him up Mm-hmm. Um, certainly always Johnny's always willing to share information and help me out. I've asked him a lot of questions, been very helpful. So thanks again for popping on, man. If everybody listening, if you guys enjoyed the podcast, please uh, rate it, leave a review, subscribe, really appreciate it. it helps other people find me. And um, yeah, that's it. Thanks guys. Catch you next time.